0: What is the hardest thing to understand about type 2 diabetes? I really
1: think it's that it isn't one problem. What do you mean? Well, there's a lot of misinformation about diabetes. Oh, like, so if you did this thing,
0: um, you know, you'd improve it. If you only ate this kind of food, you'd be, you're all set, or you cut out this and do that.
1: Yes. Diabetes, especially type 2 diabetes, is a really complex disease, and I think that that complexity, people want to make it easy to understand, but what winds up happening is is they create rules and statements that are actually pretty false.
0: Yeah, and that's what we want to uh, talk about today in more Ex- detail. Excellent.
2: Welcome to the sweet support podcast in this podcast, we'll explore the joys and challenges of fitting diabetes care into your life. With curiosity and compassion, we'll show you how nutrition, a personalized approach, small steps and supports will give you a map for day to day health decisions and self care. Here are your hosts, Ann Evans Ramsey, and Migrette Fletcher, diabetes educators and dietitians for Wentworth Health Partners.
1: Hey, Marianne. How are you today? Good. We're back for another episode talking about diabetes. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite topics, so I'm very excited to, to talk about um, some questions to ask. Great. So, so the art and science
0: of asking questions is the source of all knowledge, a quote from Thomas Berger. So, what are those questions that we're going to explore today, Migret?
1: Many people really don't understand diabetes, and seeing a diabetes educator can help. Yeah, so let's dig into the topic um, within
0: the complexity of diabetes, and we're going to explore kind of the basics, the workings
1: of what's going on with diabetes. Well, before we get into the three questions, it's helpful to understand really a little bit more about digestion. So for those of you that are listening, I'd like you to imagine eating an apple. So what happens when you eat and chew up an apple? You take a bite of it and you chew it up. Yeah, so it's
0: breaking down in our body and it becomes more like an applesauce.
1: Exactly, and that applesauce will go into our stomach and When it goes into the stomach, that's when the magic happens. So it goes from the stomach as applesauce and it moves into our intestinal tract. And in order for it to go from our intestines into our bloodstream, it has to be converted from carbohydrates, which would be found in an apple, into glucose. It's really important to understand that applesauce is not what's floating through your bloodstream. It's carbohydrates or glucose. Now if you ate that apple with maybe some peanut butter, the peanut butter, which is a fat and a protein, would be broken down into a fatty acid. The protein would be broken down into an amino acid. So again, food doesn't float through our bloodstream. These three component parts are what is found in our bloodstream. Fats become fatty acids, proteins become amino acids, and carbohydrates become glucose. And then that glucose, um, it needs insulin
0: to move Mm. that glucose into our cells for energy. So that glucose in the bloodstream is actually what a person with diabetes is testing or checking when they're, they're using their meter to see what their blood sugar reading is.
1: And I think that that's one of the things that's really interesting. People think when they test their blood sugars, um, I think they think they're testing something different than that. But your blood glucose monitoring, when you engage in blood glucose monitoring, you're really trying to understand how much glucose is in the bloodstream. And that isn't the nutrient that's actually moving into the cell unless there's insulin present. So it kind of gets trapped in the bloodstream. And so a lot of people are um, unaware that because the nutrition is in the bloodstream and not actually into the cell, diabetes is actually um, causes some malnutrition. It actually, our cells aren't getting nourished. There's a lot of nutrients, but it can't move from the bloodstream into the cell unless it has the assistance of the insulin. Absolutely. So, and what's a good way to think about, like what is insulin? Well, it's a hormone. So I think that that's really important to understand. And it's because it's a hormone, um, we can't um, eat it. We have to inject it or it has to be made within the body because if we ate insulin, it would become denatured um, in the stomach acid, so that's why we inject insulin.
0: So what's a good way for us to think about how insulin works?
1: Well, your provider has to ask and answer three questions. And if you can just imagine these as, Insulin is like a big knife, and so the job of insulin uh, is, as we said, to move glucose from the bloodstream into the cell, and you're imagining insulin like a big knife. And now, that's a good way to think
0: about like how much you have, like a size.
1: Exactly. So maybe when you were born, your knife was 20 inches long, and it was this beautiful German steel, really sharp awesome knife, but as life happened, and because of our age and our genetics and other factors, that knife got smaller. And typically, upon diagnosis, we see that the knife has reduced by 50%. So the how big the knife is, is it's not as big as it used to be. And so that's the first question. It how is. big is your knife? The second question is, how sharp is your knife? Now, if you had a 10-inch knife, that's a really still a handy knife. Yeah. But if it's dull, mm, that's a problem. Yeah. And the last question your provider has to ask and answer is, how much work are you asking that knife, that smaller, duller knife, to do? Yeah, so
0: if, it, if it's dull, um know how did it get that how did it get that dull so what would be some conditions in which your null knife
1: would become dull right so you know a couple of those right off the back right out of the the gate Marianne so what are a couple of things that you know kind of dull you up yeah so that would be definitely
0: inactivity comes to mind um and stress those are two things that I think can dull a knife.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and things that cause us to be stressed or inactive is lack of sleep. So that's definitely one of them. Yeah, that's a big one. Pain, um, illness, or infection. Absolutely. We'll do that. Yep. Absolutely. And people are surprised that there are some aspects of our diet that can dull our knife, and that is a diet high in saturated or solid fats. Those are typically fats from animals like butter and sour cream and um, Fats like high fatty meals can often dull the knife and certain medications are also absolutely and those are medications to treat other illnesses Um, So, you know using myself as an example. I have asthma and when I'm having an asthma attack and I need my inhalers, I know that because those contain steroids, that that can drive my blood sugars up as well. And there are often
0: things that people really need to have to take care of other things, but it just may have that other consequence.
1: Absolutely. And then, if you have diabetes, sometimes we have a dull knife because we're not taking enough medication or we're not taking the right medication to treat our diabetes. So, in that, looking at things that
0: can dull the knife, we think about some of those conditions could be modified, could be changed. Yeah. And that, you know, wouldn't that have an effect
1: in sharpening it? absolutely so you know one of the things that you and I notice right away is people say I'm not sleeping well they might go and have a sleep study and they might learn wow they have sleep apnea then they start getting that treated they start feeling rested and they say things like I have the energy now to go take that walk and so they're less stressed they're sleeping better and they have more energy to do the things that they've always wanted to do. So they definitely
0: are having an opportunity to have a sharper knife. Yeah, sharper knife. All right, so um, let's look at some other things that um, might be a little bit harder, challenging, that's dulling the knife, such as you know infection.
1: Um, what what um, what can we do about that? Well right away you can identify so say you had an infected toe and that happens you know the nail goes the wrong way or it gets ingrown yeah Um, so you have an infected toe and your toe hurts so you're less likely to be active that causes stress because we you know exercise decreases our stress level it's pretty frustrating maybe your shoes aren't fitting uh you know maybe the inconvenience of pain is there and a lot of times people treat stress frustration and kind of not feeling like you can ambulate or walk around really easily they get bored and so they turn to food what could i eat that's going to drive up blood sugars
0: so 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 there's certain cycles that you can get into is what you're saying with you know poor sleeping leads to less exercise stress Mm -hmm. and maybe overeating yep example
1: and also you know infection can create that cycle as well yeah so we've identified sleep as one of the triggers we've identified toe infection but marianne how about just regular old stress there's nothing really wrong but i'm just stressed out Walk me through how that would work. Yeah, so in a stress, it could be
0: that physical stress, like an infection or pain, but it could be the emotional stress because either one of them could sort of drive you to a certain level of frustration, discomfort. You might then turn to eating um, to calm yourself, soothe yourself, and then you start to feel guilty about that. And you start this sort of blaming, the shaming about it, which makes you more stressed. And then you get back into this cycle, repeat cycle of, of, eating, of again. eating again. And so that way of coping, eating to cope with stress is, is um, well, the stress itself is dulling the knife, but then it, the eating to cope with stress is actually giving your knife, more work to do, which gets us to that third question.
1: Exactly. And so we can see right away that it's a cycle or a pattern. And we understand that stress is actually a huge part of why our knife is so dull. And, you know, it can end up being
0: sort of this habit or pattern of managing stress, which is, which is um, something to take a look at. Because it's going to affect
1: how much work that that dull knife has to do. So, so many times when our knife is dull, we definitely turn to food, and I and I think that that is that kind of emotional eating that people uh, often will you know reluctantly disclose because. It's normal when we're emotional to turn and want comfort and food is a big comfort so I don't think it's abnormal I don't think it's bad I think it's a very common habit that we probably learned as a child oh you fell down oh you're sad have a cookie have an ice cream and so just we've been practicing this uh, for a very very long time and fast forward 20, 30, 40 years. Boom! Now we have diabetes. This tool in our toolbox isn't working anymore. We got to find new tools.
0: I agree. It's that's a great way to think about it. You know, in if you imagine a toolbox, and when you've got a problem, you've got a stress, you go to the toolbox, you reach for you know, reach to open it up, and what you got in there is food. That's the way you're going to treat it. That's the way you're going to cope. But if you've got some other tools in there that you can add in over time, it starts to expand your coping with that stress.
1: So what are some tools that you use to kind of
0: decrease stress, Marianne? I would say walking has been a great option. You know, getting fresh air, taking a walk is a great way to kind of let that stress work out it out of your body to to fall away to mm. a certain extent, um, and it can also help the muscles that are tensing up from that stress. Yoga is another great option, meditation, um, and and even reaching out to someone, you know, community, getting connected with other people is such a great way to help with that stress.
1: It's funny, you talked about walking, and and I have a dog, and I realized when my dog... Uh, Wasn't with me. She she needed to have some treatments done and we were apart for a while I realized how much my dog was my stress reliever She would notice that I was upset she would come over and in that loving Amazing dog way kind of nudge me and I would pet her and just feeling her fur and connecting with her Mm. You know would help me de-stress and then just like the walking piece. I wasn't walking her To exercise I was walking her so she would go to the bathroom but that got me out of the stress it got me out of the home it gave me a break and that reduced my stress so for me just having her joyfulness around um, and walking her was just such a way for me to decrease my stress and it's very funny because I think laughing is another way to decrease the stress so yeah my dog interacts with my cat in a way that I find absolutely hysterical and just watching them and laughing and realizing that I need laughter in my life that also helps me with my stress as well yeah
0: yeah so So, filling up the toolbox, finding what works for you as an individual is really, really helpful to to beginning to address that cycle, but I think it would be good for us to look at um, how the load, like what other scenarios, you know, as we're thinking about, you know, how much work are we asking our knife to do? you know, we can also, apart from stress, get into patterns where we are giving our body a bigger load to Absolutely.
1: Handle. And you had said in a previous episode, just talking about providing for our body and how important it is for us to provide for our body. But this is really breaking down that concept a little bit more and saying, how often are you providing for your body or mm. what is the distribution of your meals? So. You know, I think that that would be a really good thing to talk about.
0: Yeah, so we could look at that um, two ways that you could provide or imagine two ways of, of doing this is that, you know, you get all your carbs at once. Like maybe you get 180 grams of carb at a meal, a special meal out in a restaurant with friends. And then the other way is that every four to five hours, you're getting some carbs and you're distributing those carbs through the day, you're breaking it down at least, you know, into 360 carb amounts versus that 180 or, you know, whatever the level of carbs that you're you're aiming for, maybe it's 45 at a meal and you're spreading that out, we can clearly see that those spreading it out is much less of a load on the body to process less of a load of carbs.
1: Yeah, so you're really talking about the one meal a day eaters versus the three meal a day. So the distribution of our total intake is also one of the ways that we can improve our blood sugars because it's not asking our body, our smaller, duller knife, to cut up 180 grams of carbohydrate. It's saying you only have to do 60. And for a lot of people, just making that small change really improves blood sugar, and it's also going to help us provide nutrition for our body on a regular and consistent basis, which many people find is a way to decrease stress that permission to eat, I think, is really helpful. It moves us away from the diet thinking, like food is bad. To no food is how my body gets nutrition. That's how I nourish my body.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of taking care of yourself. Um, you know, again, we we come back to uh, nutrition as a foundation, and so that providing is addressing the load. Um, We're also um, looking at the less work for our pancreas to do. Um, In a way, we've talked about lightening our load (laughs) in other ways, about lightening your load in terms of how you approach taking care of diabetes, but you can also think I'm lightening my load for my pancreas knife, my my knife. Right, right. Um, And your... um, As a result, there's less of that discomfort in your body going through the day pushing through things
1: Right, exactly. You're you're giving your body energy when it needs energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah so
0: That providing nutrition for your body is is um, Really important in the spacing is what we're we're talking about here Um, so how about you know, the, we've talked about personalizing our plan. Um, it, and what comes to mind for me is that when you're thinking about the three questions, you can be thinking about just your own individual life and the factors. You know, what are the things that are dulling it? And what are the loads that I can personally modify?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And though you may not be able to change how big your knife is—it's helpful to understand that our a body's ability to produce insulin. It it's normal for it to decline um, as we get older. So that's just how the body works. We kind of start off as this wonderful fast sports car and then as we get older, (laughs) we put some miles on it, and it it just doesn't have the same kind of uh, newness that it used to, it doesn't have the same kind of pickup, it's not as perky as it used to be, and that's normal. And I think a lot of times the body has systems in place to help us adjust to those changes, and so this is really what we're, we're trying to talk about. How can I work with my body, instead of villainizing my body. Yeah, I like
0: that. I like that a lot. Working with your body. That's, that's great. And, and before we do our sort of our ending gratitude
1: perspective,
0: would you have anything else to add to this topic of the three questions?
1: Well, I really wanted to share this great quote, and it's by Alfred Mercier. You know, what we learn with pleasure we never forget. So, I think that as you start exploring diabetes, it's just really try to find the joy in it. So, as you think about distributing your meals or really trying to, how can I manage the dullness of my life? Look for the joy or the pleasure because that's really what's going to get you to do it again tomorrow. Mm. Don't feel like I have to or I should or, you know, this is yeah. required because yeah. that's drudgery. Really turn around and say, what are the opportunities? And, hey, I really am committed to helping myself. This is, you know, I really want to take care of this body. Yeah. It's the only one I've got. Yeah. And so really reconnecting with that joy. And I I love that
0: word opportunity. What is the opportunity here? Exactly. And, you know, I think that some people do, uh, some of our clients come in and say this was a wake-up call. But it's
1: also like you could say this was an opportunity call. You it know? is, Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of our clients say, I've been meaning to do this for a long time. Mm. And, you know, myself is no different. And I'm sure, Marianne, you have a yeah. long list of things that you've yeah. been meaning to do. Right. And sometimes life just kind of pushes us over the edge and say, you know, it's not a, it's really the priority of that change has increased.
0: Yeah. 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 You get a little nudge from the as some would say from the universe. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that thing that you've known that you're not taking care of yourself, you've taken care of others. Um, and so you get this nudge, like, okay, it's really time to stop and reflect on your own needs to take care of your body. So, um, our our gratitude this um episode is that opening our minds begins by getting curious. Asking questions is essential for continued learning. It opens our minds to new opportunities for our health. In this space, as you continue to pause and ask questions, seek options and understanding,
1: answers emerge. I love it. So to summarize this episode, we really wanna help you understand that during the aging process, the size of our knife, it gets smaller, and that is really something that we can't change by lifestyle. It might be a medication that we would change, um, but generally speaking, once we lose the ability to produce insulin, it does not return.
0: And, And the second thing is the sharpness of your knife that you do have some influence over we've talked about some of the ways that the knife gets dull and how you can have an impact by taking a look at what are those things for you personally that might be dulling it and where can you have an influence over inactivity poor sleeping how you manage stress, and taking care of an illness or an infection
1: and I'd like just to, to really clarify, influence doesn't mean that it cures diabetes. It means that it's part of how you manage this disease. You have influence, but it's not something that if you had no stress, your diabetes would go away. That isn't how it works, but your diabetes would be managed differently. Yeah. And that third one? Is really just about work, and that's really talking about how much work am I asking my insulin knife to do at one time? And is there any opportunities for me to redistribute the work throughout the day? And some people might say, you know what? I'm looking at the amount of carbs at breakfast. Maybe I'll have a first breakfast and a second breakfast and I'll kind of break my breakfast in two, but the rest of my eating is fine. They might turn around and say, you know what? I'm really only eating one meal a day. Maybe eating more frequently would help. It's something to play with. It's something to explore and experiment with. And as you monitor your blood sugar, it's gonna really tell you this change isn't working or actually this change really is working very well and I wanna keep going. I wanna yeah. keep doing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think this this topic can give our um, clients a lot of, um, information to think about a lot of hope like and understanding like what's going on with my body and and just beginning to think of things maybe a little differently which allows them to think about how they would manage it excellent excellent yeah
1: well thanks so much for talking with me
0: great
2: Wentworth Health Partners offers a variety of programs to support you on your health journey with diabetes. This includes our monthly support program, two nutrition classes, and our two diabetes self-management training classes. Our classes include Eating Well with Diabetes. This is our nutrition class that covers the essentials and offers a way to end the confusion and start you on a personalized plan to better eating with diabetes. Food Choices for Diabetes is our nutrition class that focuses on the strategies for making effective and painless changes to optimize your health with diabetes as you continue to build on nutrition. Living Well with Diabetes is our self-management class that will help you understand diabetes, learn about the goal of care, and discover how to live a vibrant life with diabetes. Health Choices for Diabetes is a self-management class that discusses ways to get active, develop strategies to overcome roadblocks, answer questions about medications, and identify what to do when managing illness. Additionally, individual appointments are available for diabetes education or nutrition consultation. Lastly, we all need support, so please join us for our monthly diabetes community education program. Meeting with your peers provides education and ideas on a variety of topics from nutrition, to medications, and self-compassion for people with diabetes. It's easy to participate in this free monthly program on Tuesday evenings at Wentworth Douglas Hospital. Please go to the Wentworth Douglas Hospital website, wdhospital.com. Click on the News and Events tab to see the monthly program topic. While there, you can find full descriptions of our programs under the Specialty and Services tab, which leads you to the Diabetes Services page.